Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, August the 10th. We start with a heartbreaking story that a five-year-old boy from Folkestone has died following a quad bike accident. Kent Online's been told little George Davenport was visiting his grandparents in Ireland when the tragedy happened at the weekend. Well, Lucy joins me now. Lucy, what more do we know about what happened? Well, as you say, George had been staying in County Kerry during the summer holidays and despite emergency services rushing to the scene on Sunday, he couldn't be saved. A statement from police goes on to say the accident happened at a private property near Castle Gregory and a family liaison officer is supporting the family. And tributes have been paid to George, haven't they? Yes, one post online says a beautiful boy taken too soon. My heart is broken for you all. Another adds lovely George. My heart is broken to hear you have been taken so soon. The most gorgeous soul you will be truly missed by all. George leaves behind his mum and dad along with two brothers and a sister. Lucy thank you ever so much. Of course our thoughts are very much with George's family and friends. Kent Online News. Wilco has gone into administration putting hundreds of jobs in Kent at risk. The retailer has 13 stores in the county and failed to secure a rescue deal after revealing financial struggles. The chief executive has said today they were left with no choice but to appoint administrators Across the entire country, there are more than 400 Wilco stores and in total 12,000 staff. We will have more reaction to this in the podcast tomorrow as we speak to the chief executive of the Kent Invicta Chamber of Commerce. It's claimed that plans to set up new family hubs in Kent will lead to an increase in antisocial behaviour. The County Council have put forward proposals to save nearly a million pounds, but it could mean 80 youth projects lose funding. Well, Rebecca O'Neill is head of Brogdon. Dale CIC Group, which helps to run youth clubs and services in Swale. We work in Swale with around 2,000 young people. Now, if you imagine that, that is the same size as a big secondary school. So that's a lot of young people. We provide youth clubs. We provide holiday clubs. We provide bespoke work for those who've got a special educational need and trips for them in the summer as well. We provide work that goes into schools and working with the the secondary schools. So we train older students to mentor and look after more vulnerable younger students. We go and do work around emotional health and well-being with um, selected young people in secondary school who may be experiencing some poor mental health issues. And we support them. And we actually work with a lot of the primary schools across the whole of the Swale districts, where we work with the year sixes who are transitioning into year seven. And I've got all those fears and concerns about what it's like to go into secondary school. And we marry them up with a with a peer mentor from the secondary school that we've trained to help alleviate those concerns and those fears. And we help that transition. So we do loads and loads and loads of work. Uh, across the whole of the district of Swale and we've been doing this and we've built those wonderful relationships those wonderful relationships with young people with their families and we're trusted take away those that those youth workers who go in who do that day-to-day work in the youth clubs and the detached work that we do um, are out on the street chatting to young people looking at how we can support them What's going to happen is they're going to have nowhere to go that's a focused place for them to go, that's a safe space for them to chat and to talk and to be. They've got nowhere to hang out with their mates. And I would imagine they're going to look for other places to hang out. And I would imagine that's going to cause other people concerns and worries because they they have worries about where they're going to go and what they're going to do. 
So I would imagine that there's going to be quite a lot of an impact um, in taking away that commissioned youth service because then there could be a rise in all sorts of other things that happen and the needs of other services to come in and step in and take over those roles that the youth workers provide. There's a number of things here that are factors why it's really important to, to value young people in our communities and value them by giving them somewhere to hang out, somewhere to be, somewhere safe. Um, first of all, is that word valuing them. These are young people. They're going to be our future. They're going to be the next people who sign up to be the people who are the teachers, the doctors, the dentists, the person who's working in Tesco's or Morrison's. They're going to be the young people of our future. We need to be sending the message that they're valued and they're having a safe space and somewhere for there to hang out and to be themselves and to do that natural progression that young people do of going from I'm in a family unit to I'm pushing against that. I want to be a bit different. I want to go and hang out with my mates only. That that's important. They have that time and space to go and be separate and to have somewhere they can go that they're trusted and that they can express who they are in a safe space. The 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 next thing really that you're thinking about with um, with something like this is the message is that actually if the contract across the whole of Kent is around a million pounds, just over a million pounds, I can understand in a cost of living crisis why KCC are looking to save money. Okay, I get that. However. If you take away provision like this, then it is a known factor that if you diminish youth provision, then the costs in other areas are going to go up. And if you look at the, the data and the information from the National Youth Agency, they are saying that there is a, an impact of taking away youth provision and that actually the cost to other services, police, in antisocial behaviour, mental health services to support young people, domestic violence, all of those costs, they escalate. So actually, it's not really a cost saving activity. It may feel like it in the short term, but in a very short period of time, short, medium and long term, the cost to the county will be more. Meantime, the Gifted Young Gravesham Project have started a petition and are due to stage a protest about this outside county hall in Maidstone a week today. Kent County Council are urging people to have their say by taking part in a public consultation. Sue Chandler is the Cabinet Member for Integrated Children's Services and she said that they'll continue to provide KCC services for young people and their families, which would remain a mix of activity within KCC centres and outreach locations. She goes on to add that they'll continue to develop community-based youth work by supporting existing local volunteer-led groups. The M2 has reopened overnight after a huge lorry fire caused major disruption yesterday. You may have been caught up in the traffic delays. Seven fire engines in total were called to the coastbound carriageway near Junction 5 for Sittingbourne yesterday afternoon. The motorway was closed for more than eight hours. This is one of our most read articles on the website today. Sheerness mum says she's angry and upset after being accused of neglect when she left her sick baby in hospital to go home and look after her other two children. Kaylee Gadsden's newborn was in the special care baby unit at Medwayne Maritime, but she had a call from social services to say a report had been made by medics. The 38-year-old couldn't even cuddle her baby at the time as she was
was connected to equipment. Well, the hospital say Kaylee can contact them so they can continue to investigate. KCC wouldn't comment any further. £18,000 worth of illegal cigarettes and tobacco have been seized from shops in Maidstone. Police and trading standards officers inspected four businesses in the Fant area. In two of them, they found 40,000 illegal cigarettes and around 50 kilos of illicit tobacco. And a man's been charged after a car crashed into seven vehicles parked in Margate. It happened on Addiscombe Road on Tuesday afternoon. A 37-year-old from the town is due in court accused of drink driving. Kent Online reports. Now, at the time of recording today's podcast, almost 200 homes in Chatham were still without electricity after a power surge caused smoke to come out of plug sockets and light switches. Some people's TVs and fridges also broke when it happened on Tuesday. Well, UK power networks have now confirmed that an underground cable fault is to blame. And Ian Cameron from the company has been speaking to Dan Bishner. We had a, a pretty rare failure on one of the pieces of equipment in the substation that feeds the Wayfield and Churchill Road, um, and which pretty much produced a spike in voltage for around 400 homes. We've heard there was um, d- damage to some properties. Would you be able to tell us about the sort of worst affected, worst affected properties? Yeah, so with a fault on the network such as this, it's called a neutral fault. With a neutral fault, it causes these high voltage sparks, which sometimes can cause damage to equipment in people's homes like TVs and boilers, um, and on a rare occasion can actually cause a damage on the on the customer's home uh, supply, so the wires in the customer's house. And that's why these faults are a bit more complex than most to be able to get restored, the, the power restored, because it takes us, you know, we have to access the customer's properties to be able to test the customer's wiring before we energize them to make sure it's as safe as possible. And because of everything that's that's happened, have any um, residents had to be relocated for the for the time being? Yeah, so with these types of events, we offer residents hotels if they show it wish. Um, and there's been a handful of customers that are considered hotels overnight. Um, but what we do offer our our communities, and, we have, and firstly, I must say, we, we appreciate the challenge that this, this type of fault faces to those customers. Um, and we're doing everything we possibly can to try and make this in, this impact uh, as little as possible by providing welfare. Many of the uh, residents would have seen our food vehicles out, our customer support vehicles, our command vehicles, and loads of our staff out there really trying to minimize the impact for them. And we're offering warm food on site, drinks, anything we can do to make our customers life more easy whilst we try and get the network back on. As well. Do you have any more information for residents on, on when the issues might be fully resolved? The, these incidents, as I said, are, are very challenging because it's not just about fixing our network. It's actually going into all those 300 homes and having access to those homes is an absolute paramount. So if you are without power out there and you haven't uh, had a contact, please do call 105 and let us know. We need to get access to make sure your home is safe before we can energize the network. So uh, access to homes is absolutely paramount. Test that net, your, your supply is good in your home, and then we'll be able to re-energize you. And thank you. A lot of residents have been telling us about their worries um, of, of turning the power back on once it's fixed. Do you have any reassurances for them? Yeah, the reassurance. And, and to some degree, that's why we take a very system systematic approach to restoration. Is we, we put qualified electricians into your home to test your whole installation to make sure it's safe we unplug any defective appliances and 
before we energize, we will be 100% confident that that supply is safe to use. We've obviously heard from a lot of residents about their appliances going bust. Is there any news on um, sort of reimbursements for, for residents? Yeah, my message to all residents, any damage caused by this incident will be repaired at our cost, at UK Power Network's cost. And if we can't repair it, we'll replace it. Gabriel from our colleagues at KMTV has also been catching up with some of the residents who've been affected. We did have flickering for two weeks where the lights would dim and then they'd go back up. And I thought, what's going on? And then all of a sudden all this happened. And then a house down there, their plug caught fire. Next door's a smoke tool. Um, come out with white smoke and then a box and everything blew up. It has been very frustrating, but they have all helped with having like the Berg van and it just shows how the community comes together. So oh, it has been good. Um, and do you worry something like this is going to happen again? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Really worry it's going to happen again. You're going to think the case now switching everything off to make sure it's safe. And like I said to them, I was worried like when it comes back on about switching everything on in case that happens. But like they said, they're coming around and checking everything to make sure it's safe. Caught up and was just doing the housework. I was going to go out and then we heard this. I heard this loud bang, and the TV just erupted in plumes of smoke. Um, and then with that, I looked down and then that my TV box was doing the same thing. I sort of instantly panicked as you do, and run to the TV the main box and switched it all off and then my neighbour knocked and she was in a, a bit of a state because she has bad anxiety so we just sort of all wondered what was going on nobody knew anything so we dialed 105 the emergency number and that's when they told us what had gone on well, I guess your TV is now dead that's yeah. when the power comes on the box is dead yeah. there's compensation needed isn't there and yes, your, your freezer yes my freezer's full of food annoyingly I went freezer shopping the day before and it took me three months to save up for this TV <laughs> and now it's up in smoke. You don't mind me asking how much did the TV cost? Um, 379 I think it was and it was one of those save it situations you know put your money away and hope oh I've got this new TV and not anymore so I just hope they're going to compensate us because they keep saying I've phoned a few times and they've just said oh someone will be in touch someone will be in touch so hopefully they will be. Uh, I was just working on my laptop when I had all the plugs bursting um, and the, my, my phone charger, it was the first that burst and there was, there was smoke coming out and all the plugs in the house were exploding. I could hear a loud bang. So when I ran into the kitchen, I could see all smoke all over and all, most gadgets, most gadgets, most gadgets were also smoking. Um, one of the things I, I really noticed is uh, my children's laptops. Um, they were all bursting and uh, smoking. You can also watch that report by clicking on the KMTV pages of Kent Online. A lorry driver's been taken to a London hospital with serious injuries after the vehicle overturned on a slip road of the M25 near Dartford. There were long delays following the crash at Junction 2 for the Darrenth interchange yesterday. The driver had to be cut free by firefighters. There was also a fuel spillage. Emergency repairs were carried out overnight. Elsewhere, firefighters are still at the of a haystack blaze in Minster on Sheppey. Pictures at Kent on
online show it burning through the night after breaking out yesterday. Well, people in the area have been told to keep doors and windows closed because of the smoke. A Canterbury man has appeared in court accused of using a stolen bank card in a shop. It was taken from a car in Aylsham last month and later used in Minster near Ramsgate. The 37-year-old is also charged with going equipped with bolt cutters to steal a bike. Meantime, a Maidstone man's appeared in court accused of using someone else's bank account to buy things and withdraw cash. The victims told police several transactions were made without their knowledge between May and August this year. Kent Online reports. Now, a union's warning bosses in Canterbury about the use of agency staff during bin strikes as new regulations come into force today. Refuse workers have walked out for over a month now as they call for better pay. The GMB union says a ruling by the High Court means using agency staff to cover industrial action is now unlawful. There are concerns about the safety of a car park in Ashford as water is still dripping from the ceiling. You might recall we've told you in previous episodes that work was carried out just two months ago to fix the problem at the Park Mall site in the town centre. Well, our reporter Chantal Weller has been speaking to Vince Monticelli, who owns the record store in Ashford. He says it's been a problem for years. So I thought they closed the car park because there was an element of uh, it not being safe and it's remained shut above the ground floor. I assumed that that not being safe in part was because the lime is coming out of the cement above, which now forms like uh, icicles, stalagmites and stalactites, mm-hmm. um, dropping onto the cars below, which is still happening. So, uh, and the stuff is horrible once it gets on your cars, it actually destroys paintwork. So. Mm. Has the paintwork on your car been My damaged? daughter's car has, yeah, who often parked it. I don't park out there, fortunately. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do know people who have had that issue, and the the paint is just almost stripped off. Mm. So um, the last time that it was shut, the council said that it was because of these salatite things on the ceiling. Um, do you feel sort of a bit concerned that it's reopened and it's still an issue? Well, that's a double-edged sword. Obviously, we want the car park open. That's vital. Mm. Um, but, of course, if it's going to drop stuff all over people's cars, they're going to get more and more complaints and possibly lawsuits or whatever to try and fix it. So I don't know what's the best for them. I wouldn't like to advise them. Mm. Um, have you noticed that the car park has been busier recently as well with it being the summer holidays, or do you think it's putting people off? Do people know about it? It seems very empty to me from mm. what it used to be, given that the car park used to you know, actually have parking upstairs as well when there were cars in it and now there's just spaces all over it. It's now feared puddles on the floor could also be a slip hazard. We have been in touch with the council and asked them for a comment. More than 20 people have been ordered to pay a total of £10,000 after failing to pay fixed penalty notices for dropping litter in Medway. All of the offences happened between October and November last year. The authorities say they're working hard to keep the towns looking clean and tidy and dropping rubbish won't be tolerated. And a former golf course near Rochester is set to be transformed into a community park. Medway Council want to protect habitats in Deangate Ridge in Hoo, which is home to bats and slow worms. Plans for the site in Ducks Court Road include picnic areas, woodland areas and paths for residents and dog walkers.
Kent Online Showbiz. Now, if you head to Kent Online today, you can see the statues of two music icons that have been unveiled in Dartford. The sculptures of Mick Jagger and Keith Richards are on display at One Bell Corner on the High Street. The pair, you may know already, grew up in the town and met at the railway station there before going on to form the Rolling Stones. Well, reporter Alex Langridge went along to the unveiling and caught up with council leader Jeremy Kite. We've always wanted to celebrate the contribution that uh, Sir Mick and Keith made to the town and the fact that they continue to be very interested in us. Uh, we've never really found an opportunity but then we had this chance to do this and we met Amy, the fantastic sculptor, and she's done us proud. I think the, the sheer balletic quality of these, the energy, we're really, really proud of them. First of all, it's a straightforward celebration of two people who've gone, gone from Dartford to change the world. But there's another message, which is that we want to inspire a new generation of creative young people to go out and do their own thing. You know, I think young people have got lots of pressures on them these days. And we want them to be a bit like Mick, a bit like Keith. Go out, look beyond their horizons, achieve in their chosen fields of endeavour. Might not be music, it could be the arts, it could be the environment, business, innovation, engineering, whatever it is is your thing. Go out and change the world. And even if it's not as big the impact as the Rolling Stones have made, you can still make a big impact by doing the right thing. So that's the idea, to try and inspire people. We've got to embrace all our history, but we've got to harness it to look forward, you know? It's not, you can't just sort of celebrate things so that's over. It's all about the future now. So I think Dartford is beginning to transform. Not everyone's comfortable with a growing town. People remember the way it was and they were very comfortable with that. But we do have to grow, every town grows. And I want to make sure we grow gracefully and that we do have fantastic public art and public spaces. So that's my job. Alex also managed to speak to sculptor Amy Goodman. I got the amazing news that um, I won this commission about a year ago and we could have done anything. And of course they're dark for boys. I could have sculpted the meeting platform too. I could have sculpted them today. But I thought actually capturing the mid-performance, they have so much charisma, energy and dynamism. And I just wanted, um, you know, Jagger even now after 60 years still has that energy, but I wanted him to be sort of strutting, running across the stage, his, his distinctive pout. And I wanted Keith, you know, um, lost in his guitar, his um, famous um, Fender Telecaster Micawber. Um, and it's sort of set up in a very original way and he's on the five string, open G string tuning. And so, yes, yeah, so I just surrounded myself with resource material. I just wanted to get the essence of them, really. So the whole process from you know, initial drawings, scale models, which were also called maquettes, to welding up the armature, and making the clays, moulding casting, it's, the whole thing's about a year. But the actual making of the life size is about 10 months. But I'm also working with a great team. It's you know, the foundry, um, the Talos Art Foundry. Um, you know, the alchemy of turning clay into bronze, it's, a, it's teamwork and so the exhibition at the library here tells the story of that. It's not just me, it's, um, but um, yeah, this, this was so, so much fun to do. I had to stop myself getting too choked up and overwhelmed by it because I didn't want it to get in the way of me trying to do the best job I could. But yes, I immersed myself in it and, and there were just moments of pure joy when I was playing the music, sometimes dancing as I was making them. So. 50p coins featuring the king will come into circulation in Kent from today. Five million of them are being released via post offices and UK bank branches to celebrate the coronation. And Shirley Vallis is doing a wing walk in Kent today, despite, would you believe, being scared of heights. The Strictly Judge will be flying up to 110 miles per hour while strapped to the rig of an aeroplane. It's one of three daredevil challenges she's doing to raise money for mental health charity Calm. Kent Online Sports. Football first 
up and Gillingham will face a Premier League side in the second round of the Carabao Cup. They've been drawn away to newly promoted Luton Town after beating Southampton very convincingly on Tuesday night. The match will take place on the week beginning August the 28th. And in cricket, Kent, I'm afraid, have suffered another defeat in the One Day Cup. The defending champions were beaten by 125 runs by Lancashire at Blackpool. The Spitfires were bowled out for 203 in less than 40 overs after being set a victory target of 329. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. Plus, you can get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. Plus, whilst you're on the site today, don't forget to check out our latest Eat My Words food review. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.